Three. I'm a pterodactyl. <laughs> two. One. There was no rhythm in that countdown at all. Nope, none. Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to a special side quest episode of Respawn Aimfire. Today, Google hosted their keynote on gaming, and we thought that it was just way too interesting not to talk about it. So we are going to bring you a special short episode just about Google's keynote. I am your host, Chad Michaelinis, in Rhode Island, America, zip code 04911. We have... Not even close. <laughs> What's your name, Holden? Holden Departo. We don't, I don't ask you your name anymore. I say your name now, and you say yeah, you whatever. Just, at this point, you, you've learned it. You've, you've gotten flashcards of just my name. I've got flashlights with your Porto. name on them. <laughs> you've got flashlights with my name on it. That's a little bit much. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. Index cards would be like, wow, I think you should know my name at this point. A flashlight's like, whoa, But if he you loves think about name. it, fucking an index card can't be good. But we're not here to no. talk about that. We're here to talk about Google. <laughs> they debuted their new service, Stadia. Uh, we're going to go through chronologically kind of what they announced, thanks to Wario64's delightful Twitter. If you don't follow him on Twitter, you just should, in general, for good life well-being. Um, so we're just going to go through, talk about each like feature of the thing that they discussed and then we'll kind of do a uh a um overview whatever we want to fucking talk about about it at the end starting out with what holden brought up was a very very great way to launch this this entire thing was the ceo of google comes out and says hey i'm not really a video game guy (laughs) he's like i love fifa but like that's it great (laughs) great nailing it but there are a few cringeworthy moments like that I just want to point out one more because it's not really important, but it was it was Sundar Pichai as well. He said he's introducing someone, and I know the guy is from EA or something like that. I forgot his name already, but he's like, and here's someone who knows the difference between RPGs and NPCs. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> why did you say that? Anyway, keep going. Um, one thing that I do want to everyone to keep in mind as like a filter for all of this content is keep in mind where it debuted is GDC Game Developers yeah, Conference. Yeah. So, this is not E3. It was not meant to be a showcase. Exactly. Let's jump yeah. in. So they open up with a trailer kind of explaining the name behind it, what it's intended to be. They're like, oh, gaming has been a thing for so long. People gather in stadiums to do all of this, to watch events. They collaborate. They compete, blah, blah, blah. That's what we're calling this stadia, which everyone learned today was the plural form of stadium. And... um it's not just stadiums? I guess not. It's like genii, I guess. Or genii. Blah, whatever that term is. G- Multiplore of genius is G- G-E-N-I-I, technically. Well, with how much you stuttered over that sentence, you're obviously not one of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'm a single person, not multiple people. I can't, I'm a genius. Marital status a has nothing to do with it. <laughs> but, um, so yes, it's called Stadia. I'm kind of okay. I don't care about the name that much. I know there are a lot of people like, oh my god, what a stupid name. But he, all, all names. Wii is stupid. Yeah, Wii Xbox was stupid. One we first is heard stupid. It. Xbox One's still stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's still kind it of doesn't matter. People name. get used to it. It works. No, I didn't like Stadia at first, but then when I watched the I heard Stadia, the name, before I saw the event. And then I saw the event and actually liked it, hearing yeah. it. But seeing it, it does look weird. It's kind of got a but cool It, it logo. sounds better when you say it, I think. It is it's a cool a little logo, pink, yeah. like the S zigzag, almost like... <gasps> Yeah. Kind of like a Wi-Fi symbol with an S. Okay, I get oh. it. I get it. Game streaming. So, yes, the idea of this entire <laughs> service is game streaming. They uh, 
really quickly said you get instant access. Like, you're watching a YouTube video of a trailer for this game, and there will be a button that says, play right now. And you click on it, and literally, as, in as little as five seconds, they want you to be able to pl- be playing that game, which is an impressive, uh, ambitious, we'll call it ambitious, because we haven't actually seen it in action. It's an ambitious feat, which is going to be great. Uh, a couple other quick things about it. You'll be able to play it on at launch on desktops, laptops, TVs, tablets, phones, Chromecast, and more in the future through Chrome browsers as well as other browsers are looking to support as well. And there is a controller available too. This, I think, is probably the most genius thing of the entire... The controller? The controller. Yeah. Uh, I, I Just the idea of... You can be. It doesn't connect via Bluetooth. It connects via Wi-Fi, which means it has access to your Google account. So it's really just connected to your Google account. So when you're playing your game on your TV and you want to switch to your phone, your phone and TV can be showing the exact same thing from your Google account, and your phone, your controller can control both of them simultaneously or just seamlessly hand off. It's really brilliant. You don't have to repair to every single device if you want to switch to every single device. Right, and it's here's great. the thing. It's paired to Wi-Fi, not to your device, but to the Stadia. I, I keep wanting to call it Strava. And to the Stadia. I've seen people calling <laughs> it Stevia. Yeah, that's the running cycling app, but I've, heard, I've yeah. seen Stevia a lot. Anyway, it's, it's paired via Wi-Fi to the server over Wi-Fi. It's not yeah, paired to your that's what I mean, like your Google account. Your, yeah. your account access is linked that way, yeah. It's brilliant. It's a way to cut down latency because you're not worried about Bluetooth already has latency. So you don't have to worry about pairing yep. it to the device, and then that device talking to the ISP, and then that ISP talking to Google. No, this thing is talking to your ISP to Google. It also it looks the the leaks of the controller didn't look that great, but I love. So the, that was those were yeah. renders that someone did of a patent that was filed years ago. Yeah, but this looks this, much better. Actually, it looks a lot like a Nintendo Switch Pro controller. It does. It, it honestly though, it looks like a cleaner kind of. Honestly, it, it's. The Nintendo, that's a great comparison. Nintendo Switch controller with the design aesthetic of Android. That kind of uh, yeah. material design. Yeah, I'd say that's right. Those same kind of colors, yeah. A couple different colors that it comes in, too. That white one's really the nice, The white one though. with the orange white accents. White with the orange? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had the Pixel 2 white with that orange power button right there. Oh. So, R.I.P. I'm going to get a matching controller for my phone. Well, by the time this launches, hopefully you'll have a Pixel 4. So, no, no. They, they did mention this is coming in 2019, which is impressive. Not like... You know, Project X Cloud said we're hoping to start public trials in 2019. This is launching in 2019. Um, so yeah, you mentioned they'll be Google Assistant integration with the controller. More on that in a that, little bit. That's and a built-in cool. mic and a capture button that lets you also seamlessly stream to YouTube at the same time, which is dope. Here's where it gets a little uh, a little bit just shouting numbers for the sake of shouting numbers. Uh, so they mentioned when the project stream was going on late last year you could run Assassin's Creed Odyssey at 1080p 60 frames a second up to 1080p 60 frames a second through your browser they are saying when this launches it's going to be 4k sorry up to 4k 60 frames per second HDR with surround sound and then they just for some reason said and in the future we're going to support 8k up to 120 frames per second. Fucking great. Of course it's coming, quote, in the future. Everything is going to be 8K in the future. Everything's going to be 16K. And further in the future, they're going to support 32K. Oh, fuck. 
I know. It's going to happen in the future. Oh, fuck. Can you imagine right now, Sony being like, no, we're stopping at 4K for the rest of time. <laughs> it looks good enough, you guys. Calm down. Um, so, yeah, that's, I don't know why they threw that number out there, obviously. You know, it'd be, it'd be better if they said, and we can support AK in 2020. If it was like a, and by this time period, but it was so just in the vague future. Right. Yeah. And so then we'll they uh, threw out the teraflops. So they, they mentioned 10.7 teraflops that this is capable of compared to the 6 of the Xbox One X and the 4.2 of 4.2, the PS4 yeah. Pro. But you have some numbers on that that you want to share. Yeah, so I, I want to point out that they never use the term next generation. They always use the term new generation. Right. Um, and that was basically because these specs are impressive, but it is not next gen it is not going to be able to compete with next gen until they obviously in the future update to 8K and 120 uh, <laughs> frames per second. Then they'll probably be online with next gen consoles. But that's not a big jump actually, going from six to ten. I mean, obviously it's a big jump, but when you compare that to other console generations before it, it's usually a much bigger jump than that. So like the generation going from PS3 to PS4, it was about a eight times uh, uh, increase in performance power. You went from having 230 gigaflops to 1.8 uh, teraflops. That's not unusual. That's actually kind of the lower end. So, like if you look at PS2 to PS3, that was 37 times as powerful as the uh, previous generation. So 10 sounds really good, but it's actually really just like it's the difference between the PS4 Pro and an Xbox One X right now, just more so. Like, the same games are probably going to be played. This actually reminds me a lot of the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube era. PS2 was the best-selling console and had 6.2 gigaflops. The uh, GameCube was behind it in power with uh, the 12 uh, uh, gigaflops. And then the Xbox had 20 gigaflops. But those games kind of on all those consoles look close enough that you really couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. But the numbers are so much bigger. Yeah, but they have to develop for all those consoles still. So... They're not going to get 10 teraflops of performance out of that, probably, because most developers are going to make their games with Xbox and PlayStation in mind at 4.2 and 6 teraflops. And even when they jump to the next generation, then they're probably going to be behind until they up their servers again and make them perform better. There's also the element of its internet connection. So they kept saying up to 4K, up to. So I think it's going to be, and I wish they gave numbers on this, but this is more of a developer's conference as opposed to for consumers. And and, and if they were at E3, they'd probably talk more about this stuff, which is I imagine 720p will be at a certain um, bit rate from a certain internet connection speed. And same thing with like 1080p will be a certain internet connection speed. I'm sure they have no idea what those numbers are right now. They might. I don't I know. Don't, I, I'm sure they're so far have, away from the final They must have version. ballparks of, of what they're going for. Yeah, maybe least. maybe like benchmarks or goals, but yeah. I don't know if they had enough to be like, 720p will be on a connection speed of 10 megabits per second. I, I, I know they don't have those numbers yet. <clears throat> you know they don't have those I know they yet? don't have those numbers. I live in Silicon <laughs> Valley now. Silicon, as oh, we learned right. yesterday. That's true. Ago. And what happens in Silicon Valley stays in Silicon Valley. That's right. You can't talk about it. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, that's actually kind of a good transition to talk about. This is a platform. This is a new, mm-hmm. like, developing alongside Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, if you go that route, PC, and Stadia. Uh, St- Stadia, yes. It's not Stadia. Strava. Um, <coughs> and Strava. Stadia. 
Uh, and it has. In order to run in the game, you must run in real life <laughs> on this new Strava platform. Remember when VR was first starting to come out, and people are like, "In order to make VR feel realistic, we have these omnidirectional treadmills that you're all going to be running on." I'm like, fucking no, we're not. <laughs> Give me a thumbstick. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. So, uh, yes, this will be a platform that people will develop on, and this is they're going to be running supercomputers. That are basically high-end PCs that you're running all of this on. We're going to a little bit more of that technology in a second. But then they brought on uh, Doom on stage. And Doom Eternal is coming to Stadia as well. Going to be 4K. Did they bring HDR, it on stage 16. or did they mention it on stage? They mentioned it. And they had a title yes. slide with a cool background. And they promised it's going to be 4K 60 frames per second. They did. They Up promised to. it. Up to. HDR as well. Uh, we'll get into some uh, a little bit of that performance stuff uh, a little bit later too with a GameSpot article. Here's another cool thing: Stadia will have cross-platform play. Now they are. I'm not surprised. They that, are though. introducing this as a platform. This is the first time we see like a first-party studio and a new platform in the race in a very, very long time. They are introducing this, and they're introducing people to like these are options that you have available. What about Ouya? That was a big player. Yeah, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> was it really? How long ago was that? I don't know. Maybe 2008? No, it wasn't. When it was Ouya way past this. It was like 2012, the earliest. Siri doesn't I even say know what Ouya is, so she doesn't know how to spell it. So that's how old it is. It was before Siri was born. <laughs> or it's just so obscure. Siri's like, the fuck you talking 2013. about? 2013. Ouya was 2013. 2013. And then yeah. died in probably 2013. <laughs> but why? It was so cool and had an easy name. That yeah, everyone could pronounce. Towerfall Ascension. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they're introducing, like, <laughs> these are all of the features that are available to you as developers. Cross-platform play is one of them that you can build into your games. And then the next one I think is super cool. And this is something that I don't think anyone could have, like, guessed was going to happen. But it totally makes sense with them and YouTube and uh, State Share. Yes, so you had texted me like a Jason Schreier thing. Had, uh, Jason Schreier had mentioned this, and I was really skeptical. I'm like, how on earth could they possibly do that? That doesn't make any sense. But that's really cool. Yeah, so this works. Actually, we've already seen this type of thing happen with NES online, whatever goddamn service. What it does yeah. is it basically says, you can say right now, my current inventory, my health, the difficulty I'm on, take all of that put it into one shareable link, like it were a YouTube video, and I could send it to Holden, and he does it as well. The NES Online thing did this with Zelda, where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, it's the yeah, easy the version edition. of Zelda. So you had yeah. all of the hearts, all everything starting out before mm-hmm. the game even started. They did that with, with that. So my question is this, though, is do you just get that one sample, like a mini, like a mini demo, basically? Or do you have to like buy the game to play that mini sample? That's what we don't know. We don't know pricing features. Eve Gilmall had some information on that that we'll discuss a little bit later. But um, I think there are so many cool options for this. Like, for instance, you could literally text me be like, hey, I'm on the final boss of Zelda Link Between Worlds on my three heart challenge. And I beat it in 10 <laughs> minutes. And then you send me the link to it. How fast can you beat it? Like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I tap on the link on my phone and I'm playing it immediately. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I beat it in three minutes. Duh. <laughs> or like we could say hey just this had week's, better than me chad dude this you? week's challenge on the podcast is we're gonna get to a point in bloodborne whoever oh, beats this boss idea. the yeah. fastest or whoever has the coolest 
or can get past this challenge that we've set up in this game. It, there are so many cool things you could do with this, and it's just by sharing a link, and they click on it. Oh, cool. I'm playing it immediately from that same exact that point. That's pretty awesome. So dope. Um, then they also have crowd play, which, oh, this is a cool, so if you see like a streamer playing a game, Yes, this is another one of those, like, aha things. So, like, when... Because you sent me the Jason Schreier thing last night, and, like, oh, this is a rumor it's going to be like, and one of them was you could just join a streamer in their online match immediately. And I'm like, that sounds really cool, but what's going to happen if it's, like, kind of funny who has a ton of people who want to play with Greg Miller? And he just cues you in a line. There's just a line. Yeah. Like, hey, you're third in line, you're fourth in line, or hey, you're going to be playing in a minute. Jump in there. That's really, really awesome. And honestly, it's just a really cool way for, for you to engage with the community. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about, oh, Greg's playing that. Uh, I, he's on, oh, he's playing on PS4. I got to boot up my PS4. Kind of hope I have the game. I have the game. Great. It's not downloaded, whatever. Oh, we're not friends on PSN. He's not going to have to accept my request. No, you literally just like, oh, look, Greg's playing. Join. And you're in. That's it. This is the future, Holden. <laughs> oh, Christ. So then they announced their very first first-party studio, Headed up by Jade Raymond, who we brought up on our podcast this week as well. I think it's really, really dope that they're already starting to think about their first party games. Um, um, I think that was about it, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, well, there's the Google Assistant, like you can ask for help. Ah, yes. So while you're, yeah. they showed off Tomb Raider. So she's solving a tomb. Oh, I don't know. And you literally push the button, and says, "How do I solve this tomb?" And it shows you the most relevant YouTube video. It doesn't take you out of the experience. Like it, it like kind of shrinks your window a bit. Has a Google Assistant in the corner, and you you don't have to leave your game at all. It's so fucking dope. So dope. We also forgot to talk about the insane Amy Hennig exclusive game. Oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. It was like, uh, yeah, Eve Gilmore was in the audience for Ubisoft, but he didn't say anything. And yeah. all of these people, they said, we're going to be there. We're just in the audience. Yeah. Like it honestly, the reason I made the Amy Hennig joke is you just mentioned the, the Tomb Raider game. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Crystal Dynamics was going to be there. That was their presence. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was it. Was there like a quick like selfie of Amy Hennig that was shown on screen at some point? Like, why did they think they tweeted that out? They said Amy Hennig is going to be here. So this is coming in 2019. Uh, It's going to work about uh, around a whole bunch of stuff. I'm excited for the. Oh, they also showed a demo of like how easy it is to switch between devices. Like he's playing with the controller. He's on a computer. (laughs) Cool. Pause real quick. It's immediate. It's immediate. Yeah. Whatever you switch from device to device, it's so fun. Yeah, so I think this is where we're going to jump into our opinions. I think this is a good segue for yeah. me. That was a great demo. That was really one of the only demos that we had that was running on an actual game. Yes. Every other demo they showed off wasn't really a demo. Like, it was happening live in front of us. It was footage of some sort of prototype that they had that was showing off the game concept. Oh. They never really... Sh- Sorry, there what? were two other, quote, demos that had cool features that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, but they're not real-time demos though they right. were videos of things happening right so but go ahead and explain those though because uh, they... one of them is couch co-op is coming back with split screen um they had mentioned you know in with no loss of re- with uh without uh having to devote extra processing power to right normally to screen, if you're doing split screen multiplayer your console has to cut its resources in half to render the game twice 
so a lot of times developers have just kind of abandoned that so that they can make a really beautiful, well-functioning game that runs at 60 frames a second, 4K, that kind of stuff. But obviously, everyone's instance of this is going to run on a different cloud server, and they can have two of them side-by-side running just fine. They can also have... You can have so many different screens on the on your screen at the same time. So, like, for instance, if you're with a squad playing an uh, online multiplayer game, you could actually see their windows up above. So you can be like, oh my god, there's a bad guy over there. Where? You could literally just look at their screen up above. You have so many different instances of this game running at once on your screen with no extra processing power required at all. Dope. What was the other one? You said there's two. Dope, dope, dope. That was both. Split screen multiplayer oh, and both. then the seeing other people's shit. Oh, right. Gotcha. Oh, no, no, um, no, no. Sorry. One more. One more. Uh, oh, the developer Jen. tool. The developer tool. You've been talking so much. Oh my much god! Hold on. I'm this. just so excited about it. <laughs> the developer tool, where like you can literally upload a JPEG of an image, and it makes oh, your entire yeah. game that style. That is very very in cool. an instant. And and for it, I actually was doing uh, I like I missed something at first in that. I'm like, why does this game look so strange? Like, what's the point of this? And I'm like, it's actually a really smart. Wait, it didn't click for me that it was just a development thing. It's not. You're never going to make that your art style. The idea right. of it is, hey, is that cell shading going to work? I don't know. Let's just try it out really quick. Eh, it doesn't really work. Let's move on now. And uh, Tequila Works was on stage talking about Rhyme at the time, and they were saying that they went through so many art styles to find the right one, and that took so much time, probably took a lot of money to invest in that, and that's going to save a bunch. Like, imagine if Nintendo could just, like, experiment with any Zelda art style they want. We're going to get crazy Zelda art styles if Zelda ever made it to Stadia, which uh, <laughs> But anyway, maybe one day when they get Sega'd. <laughs> oh, Sega. <laughs> um, I say that because I think a lot of the hardware manufacturers are shitting their pants right now. Yeah. So, all right, go back to the whole demo thing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, And I want to mention this before I go into my little uh, rant here. Um. Because it is important to know, like you mentioned earlier, this is GDC, this is not E3. Right. This is meant to show off to developers and people in the industry to build excitement for them to make games to the platform. That's why this existed. And for that, it was tremendously successful in, in doing that. However, this was viewed by consumers in a big way. And I think on that ground, it kind of failed because they didn't have demos of these games running. They get on stage and said, man, Doom is great. It runs at an uncompromising 60 frames per second. We're just not going to show you anything right now. Let me tell you, you about Michael from... Higgum's experience on, with hands-on demos well, no, no, on the no, no, floor. No, no, no. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. We're gonna get, I'm very, very curious. Okay. I'm not done yet because it's not just that. They, it wasn't just the streaming. It was also Tequila Works getting on stage and mentioning this new technology allows us to do things that we never thought were possible. And now we can do that. We have this great game idea. We're so excited about it. I can't tell. They literally said, I can't tell you anything about it right now, though. I'm like, but why? Like, you're... It, it, you said it exists for this technology. Who's holding you back from talking about it? Why even mention it on stage? There's a lot of that kind of stuff where I'm like, you just said this really great thing. It didn't show it. And to be clear, I think that's actually more of a problem with how Google approaches keynotes. Because you go back and watch like the Pixel 3 announcements. They do the same things where they say... Like Night Sight, when they showed off the Night Sight feature for the Pixel 3, which is a feature that takes, lets you take really, really good low-light photos without a flash, without any uh, extra light source. And it really does work really well. However, they didn't really demo it on stage. They just kind of said, it's a really great feature. Here's a photo we took. End of story. Yeah. They didn't like show it off like on stage at that point because that's not how they do their keynotes. And I think that their styles of keynotes going to have to adapt 
for consumer facing showcases of this technology because no one's going to believe that doom eternal is going to run at 4k 60 frames a second on consoles nowadays let alone a streaming service that's so earlier i changed my word from impressive to ambitious it wasn't impressive because we didn't see it in action it was like oh that's a very ambitious goal that they're going to be having yeah so and but to to make sure i'm not coming across too negative here i believe this is working I think Nintendo, uh, not Nintendo. I think Google is a company at this point. They used to throw things against the wall and see if they'd stick. They've really moved past that, and they've really been firing on all cylinders. When they do something, they do it fucking right, and they've been doing it that way for the past few years now. I don't think this is not going to work. I just think that this was very heavily geared towards developers in the industry, and they should have done a little bit more to gear it towards consumers as well. Michael Higgum from GameSpot. We went hands-on right after the conference, and uh, I have some stuff from his article that I want to read. He says, It's a technologically impressive concept that has come to fruition, and we are one of the first to experience what it's like to play games on Stadia. Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Doom 2016 were playable on the GDC, GDC show floor, and while they ran and looked great, I couldn't help but notice one significant shortcoming. Uh, I'm going to skip that. Input lag was the worst offender during my time with Doom. This was readily apparent when swiping the mouse around to aim. The aiming reticle would trail behind my mouse movements ever so slightly, and for a game like Doom, a hyper-fast first-person shooter that relies on precision aiming, it can be a deal-breaker. Playing on a controller mitigated the emphasis on speed and precision and made input lag a little less of a factor, but it doesn't negate the issue altogether. Another thing to note is that the Google staff told me the Doom demo in particular was running in low-latency mode already, available on Stadia itself. From a fidelity standpoint, the game ran at a consistent frame rate using medium to high settings with adequate overall image quality. Artifacting or compression didn't affect the experience. However, it's a bit disappointing that input lag could hold this back from being the ideal way to play the game Doom. As fast, a game as fast as Doom. Uh, it is worth noting that he was playing at 1080p, 60 frames a second, with a 20 megabit per second bit rate. Okay. But he also said, I also got to revisit Assassin's Creed Odyssey with Stadia, and it felt very similar to Google's early cloud gaming beta that called Project Stream. Of course, Odyssey doesn't have the same emphasis on speed and accuracy as Doom, so naturally the experience translated better to the cloud-based platform. When peeking at some of the settings, uh, that's uh, 1080p, 60 frames a second, the game had decent visual quality with some discernible artifacting, but we were playing up close on large TVs, which isn't a typical setup. And then he goes into some more about this, the specs that they announced. So they are showing demos right now at 1080p, 60 frames a second, the same that Project Stream was running at. I think 4K is in the plans. I do think that they can have that rolled out and workable by the end of 2019, but I don't think it's going to work flawlessly right at launch. To show off. But it's, the fact that it's going to work at all is mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, when they say things like input lag, and they say it's there, that's one of those things where I really want to get my hands on that and try it out because yeah. what he thinks is really bad input lag, I might not think is that bad. And what I might not think is that bad might be atrociously awful for somebody else. And as he mentioned, you know, point and click mouse, that's mm-hmm. you know, Twitch shooting on a PC, that's that's what you're used to, that immediate response. Versus a gamepad yeah. on a game that doesn't require that kind of stuff, it might not be bothersome at all. Yeah. Interesting. Well that it does explain why they didn't show off a demo. Right. Because uh, they don't stage. have it running, at least not reliably yeah. yet, at 4K, 60 frames a second. Yeah. Uh, I just looked up the average internet speed in America because curious. It's 18.7 megabits per second. So 20 is basically the same thing. Yeah. So they're basically running what the average American is running. Um, 
1080p. Is it representative of what we're going to get later on in the year, though? I don't know in terms of what bitrate you need to run 4K. Maybe they just didn't have... Because at these events, you have so many Wi-Fi devices that it makes it hard to keep a really good high-speed internet connection going through the entire building. I it, wonder if it there's was... There's just so much going on. I wonder so, if they were running I wonder if that was the limitation of them. What was that? I, if I were them, I would have it on Ethernet. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. They're running yeah, on PCs, so they could they could do that. I don't know much about networking, but that would have to be its own network that's hardwired, not shared by the wireless network as well. It would be different access points. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to how, as much bandwidth as your ISP can provide anyway, whether it's Ethernet yeah. or Wi-Fi, but uh, that'll mm-hmm. definitely make it a much more stable connection in yeah. that crowd. And it area. was good to hear the game was playable, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's big. And, and the guys that did software made a good point, too, which is that... If Doom can run well enough on this, that says a lot. Doom is a very, very fast-paced game. Yep. They think they also talked about fighting games as well, because that would have been a big one. Like, I don't think it's going to be... Uh, like, I don't think this is going to be the service that we see... Like, Evo's never going to run on Google Stadia. No, of course not. It, it, no. That's always going to be wired controllers with a console or a PC sitting there. Totally. But if this catches on, this could replace consoles for a lot of people. I was just talking to uh, my friend exactly. Ellen, and, and she was saying, oh, my God, if I could just have to buy a controller and not a whole console, right. that would like save her. Because you, who wants to spend $400 on a console when they could just buy a $60 controller? So let's you talk about con- cost. Yeah, you don't even have yeah, to buy so, a controller. Yeah, you don't, you don't even have to buy a controller if you don't already. If you already have one, you're fine. But I want that you controller You could play anyway. with a touchscreen on your phone. Yeah, I mean that's not that's ideal, not gonna work for me. Lit- like literally, there's zero cost to entry on this. Yeah, I know, but we did dope. just criticize the Sony uh, um, Sony remote, remote play on play, the yeah. iPhone for yeah remote play for only having touchscreen input because that's a shitty way to play any game. <laughs> so like, yeah, they have it, but come on, no one's gonna yeah. play that way. Um, and if they did, it's like they're trying it out and they hate it and they never go to play it again. <laughs> so um, maybe Peggle would be fun that way. Oh that's hell a, yeah! I hope Peggle's on Stadia. It. Maybe, I don't know. But um, what was my point here? Oh, yeah, but I think a lot of people are going to buy that controller. It's a nice-looking controller. I bet it's not going to cost that much. Google's pretty good about not charging premiums on everything that they sell. Um, they definitely charge premium on their phones now, but not on everything I mean, if you think sell. about Chromecast, what did it launch at, like, 30 bucks or something? Yeah, Chromecast, 30 bucks. I think this is going to be the same kind of thing. Yeah. This is not going to be a premium controller. This is going to be a, I'd say, probably $50 controller is, yeah. is my guess. That sounds about right. Um. And that's going to be huge. It's going to break that barrier of like, ooh, I really want to play Doom Eternal. I don't want to buy the console. I'm just going to play it. It's also going to make it easier, too, for games like, I think, The Last of Us. So not that The Last of Us will ever be on this this platform, but just as an example. Like, oh, my God, the story of The Last of Us is incredible. I know you don't play games, but you should really play The Last of Us because it's going to speak to you. I know what kind of movies you like. That's going to open the door for so many people to get into gaming that have never gotten into gaming before. Because I fully believe that most people would appreciate games if they didn't just have this fringe example of all games are Overwatch or all games are Call of Duty or all games are League of Legends. And this is just really going to open up gaming as as an art platform, I think. Yep. I think the the social sharing, being able to like literally jump in with somebody on YouTube, share an instance of a game mm -hmm. with yours, I think that that's going to make it huge. Everyone's, it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up in a good way. But also too, like... I think a good comparison for this is how many people bought software? Like, 
think about how people bought software before the App Store and then post App Store. People bought software. They went to a store. They knew what they wanted. They wanted to get that like Quicken or whatever it was because they had a purpose for it. They did the research, figured it out. In the App Store, it's like, what's this app? I don't know. I'm just going to buy it. And then you buy it, and then you find out what it does. And that's also going to start happening with games, I think, because I think that impulse is going to be there because it's, it's going to be immediate. You can get it instantly. Yep. Speaking of, like, how do we get these games? They didn't announce anything as far as, like, pricing models or subscriptions or anything yeah. like that. They Eve just Gilmont, said once you get it, you get it immediately. That's all yeah. they said. Yves Gilmont did offer a couple of things. He's been working closely with them, and he's like, here's some things that I assume might happen. Um, buying it a la carte. You pay 60 bucks for the game, 20 bucks for the game, yeah. whatever it is, and you just have instant access to it. Uh, a lot of people are saying subscription models could be cool. And then Eve said, I also think there might be a... Oh, you pay for the ability to play one to two hours a day, so like a time-based subscription instead of a. Oh, that's maybe, how they're going to get maybe around. Maybe get one hour of one hour free per day if you have YouTube Red or something like that. No, no, no. That's how they're going to get around. Didn't PlayStation wanted to do the whole like? I think they said this in the beginning of the PS4 era. Uh, all games get a one-hour trial, and like it never happened. That happened with PlayStation Plus on PS3. Okay, okay. If you have PlayStation um, Plus, you get a one-hour trial. Yeah. And it obviously is not the case anymore, but that well, I mean, also, on 360, every single game had to have a demo, but that's not the same thing on Xbox One anymore. Yeah. But w- bridging it to this, though, that would be how you can say, hey, dude, play this part of this game. I know you don't own it. Yeah. But you'll have access to it to play for one hour, then after that one hour is up, you can- you have to buy that game. And that's actually going to be really smart. Like imagine if like okay i really want you to play metro exodus i really just want (laughs) you to play certain levels in that game yeah dude play this part and if you like that part your hours up you can decide if you want to buy it or not that's dope that's dope i mean that's that's speculation that's not what's going to happen but you don't know that we'll see well we will see but i don't it might not happen who knows so yeah my impressions of this are basically that I'm so excited. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like I've seen the future of gaming. Like, this definitely is like, oh, like, this the, is clearly how things are going to go. Like, I, how could it not? Legit, this is iPhone. This no, is, absolutely. We had this is iPhone razors level before. of huge. Then we have iPhone, and that yeah. changed everything. And then, yes. hopefully, everyone else makes an iPhone clone, or everyone else makes a Stadia no, clone. I, I don't... I, and honestly, thinking about this, and this might be just a conversation we have to think about some more and return to later, but this, is, this could knock some of the big players out like right do you really think sony's gonna be able to keep up with what that? happens with playstation now exactly we know like, microsoft I, is dipping his toe in the water with project x cloud we don't know much about it like but but i but they have a great internet infrastructure so yeah. they're gonna be fine they can handle it what what does sony have notably online like seriously playstation now has just started getting good playstation plus i mean just started getting good this generation of, of games what we, like they're they're what still happens? I mean they're better than Nintendo is the internet stuff but they don't they're not on the same level as Microsoft I think Nintendo will probably be fine because they're just they have something special but yeah I think Sony actually is the one who should be the most scared because of this I think it's yeah we we have to see something at least plans for something very similar to Stadia or a direct competitor to Stadia we have to see mm-hmm. it from from both. Microsoft and Sony because this I truly do believe this is the future of gaming. This is this is what we think the next generation of game like we're like, "Oh man, what's going to be different about PS5 that's not already in PS4?" That's the difference. That's what needs I don't, to be I, the Well, next that's generation. the thing. I think what's going to be really interesting is is that going to be the difference or did Sony that's just what get the, really that's surprised? That's what the generation needs to be. That's what we need to yeah, see from the next yeah, generation. Yeah. Um 
so as a super excited, this is an amazing like landmark moment in gaming. I'm also just really skeptical at the same time. You're so skeptical of everything, and everything turns <laughs> out beautifully, Holden. No, but I mean, it's a game streaming service that's notoriously just never really played out that well. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have to see. Uh, <laughs> Did there you was... see the tweet that I put out today about it? No. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. Chad. Ironically enough, that. while I was watching the stream about the game streaming service, I had a really awful pixelated gross image that was like artifacting like crazy. I was like, oh, watching Google's new streaming thing and my stream is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this actually. No, when I watched the event, I watched it after the fact. Um, there were a few mess ups in the video stream, like the saved version of it that they posted. Oh, really? Maybe that's what I messed up on my, yeah. end, my end too. Um, so they had some issues with that, but whatever, it's fine. Video streaming is not the same as game streaming. Game streaming is much more difficult. Yep. <laughs> I'm so excited. What, yeah, I, what I, does I, concern I, me is, uh, is that it's Google. I'm very, very excited. Okay. I know they can do it, but it's just like I, I then know that this is just going to rape my privacy. Do you want to know what, though? In gaming, what information – I, I thought about this a little bit. What kind of information are they going to get? Well, they've from, got from they're gaming. linked to your Google Assistant now, and any searches that you do with the Google Assistant, and then the YouTube history that you're browsing, and as you click on a link in a game yeah, to is, jump into that game, just, just create a Google account that's only for this, and then it's only going to be gaming related stuff. They, you can also gonna, Google. You can go sink no, the uh, little Google, tendrils into my whole with, life. With, unlike unlike other companies, Google will show you what they have on you, and you can remove it and say, "I don't want this information to be shared." I just want Microsoft to come out and so, do it better. Oh, I'm. Sure, there's or do it as well, and then I'll choose that one. Yeah. Um, Whether that said, or not it's though, I think, or as but good. with all that information, Google do some really cool stuff, and they've been proving that they do really cool stuff with their AI. I was thinking, like, oh, we don't have enough players for this match. Well, we've analyzed how people tend to behave in this game, so we'll put these AI players in here that are actually going to be competent. Yeah. Like things like that can nah. be pretty cool if they're able to pull that off. Cool, but not. Oh, worth that's the, the other thing too is. They talked about the scale of online games increasing. So, like, oh a Battle God. Royale thousands. game might not be 100 people. might be, yeah, thousands of people. Like, holy shit. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped about this. I'm just I'm, – I'm very, very pumped and very, very skeptical. I just need to see it for myself. I need to play it for myself. Um, I liked the, the stream beta. As a beta, it was – I thought it worked pretty well as a beta. I had some frame – not frame rate issues, but I had some, some – uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, yeah, I guess compression, but – I guess really heavy compression, or more of just a heavy loss of re- resolution at times. But it was a beta, and it ran well, and it responded to my controller input very well at the time. So I'm skeptical, but I trust Google at the same time. So I'm having a mix of emotions with this one. Like, <laughs> I it could am be so really pumped for the future. Yeah. Oh, I'm more pumped. This is maybe more pumped for the future than anything. Um, I'm definitely leaving much more positive vibes than, than negative vibes um, by a, a huge margin. But we just don't know yet. There's a lot of information we're waiting on still. So we'll see. But again, Google, I think, is I think that they're not gonna fuck this up because this is they made a big deal out of this. I mean, they literally had one hour long event just to announce a single service. Yep. I'm yeah. gonna mention they're they're announcing more in June. So I maybe they have Google I.O. in May that they're gonna do more at, or hopefully maybe, maybe they take Sony spot at E three. Yeah, I feel like they would have announced E3 at this point already, but... I mean, technically, Microsoft hasn't announced their conference time. Oh, they haven't? Oh, okay. No, I think uh, EA announced their plans, and then... Bethesda did. Bethesda. But yeah. I, now is about the time when we start hearing people... That's a good point. That's true. 
yeah, I'd be up for that. Maybe we'll actually start seeing some games start coming to the platform. Yeah. But I, I, I'll be surprised that happens because I got the vibe that behind the scenes, they well, they said that exclusives are important to them. But they didn't have anything to show off. And I'm not criticizing them for that just because that stuff takes time. But they're just starting that studio. They just got Jade Raymond to be on it. I mean, she's probably been there for a little while now. But they, they're, it's going to be a while before they would have content to show off at an E3 that's exclusive game content. That would make right. it worth it, I think. So exactly. I don't know if we'll see it at E3 this year, but they're going to be a growing presence for sure. And I think this is definitely on the level of Microsoft being at, at GDC to announce the Xbox back in 2000. Yeah. yeah and that's just too. starting everything we have nowadays. Because, I mean, them being at that event, GDC 2000, is what started Xbox Live and how that just totally changed the face of online gaming. I think this is going to be a similar thing. Yeah. God, how cool would it be to just be like, I'm just going to bring my controller around. Yeah, I'll play a little bit on the phone. And then, right? oh, I'm over at Holden's house. Yeah, I'll just put it on his TV. Oh, I'm at Burger King. I'll fucking put it on their cash register and play Doom. <laughs> like, just bring that controller. I cannot wait to play all my games in a refrigerator. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so that's our impressions on Google's keynote. Let us know what you thought. Um, and then if you have questions that you want us to think about and answer, tweet at us at Respawn Aim Fire. We'll answer them on next week's episode. Once everything's calmed down and our feelings have, like, like been tempered a little bit. Uh, until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Ah! Yeah, that sounds right.